Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time you listen to this podcast. It's me, the DRE Chef Day Cuisine, coming at you with the recipe menu Monday on Intentional Talk Radio Network. Be sure to listen to all the great podcasts of this station, including mine, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, You and you can listen live right now at ITRNRadio.com. And we also have a text phone number, so if you're listening to this message or listening to this podcast and it's a download, you can always text a question to 682-710-1101, that's 682-710-1101, and we do answer that. So um, just make sure you preface the show, you know, Menu Mondays with Chef Dre Blast, so they'll know what show to bring the question to, to address. But man, we're just fine excited for you to get here, be here, and enjoy join this time with us on Intentional Talk Radio Network. Um, uh, before I hop into today's show, I want to uh, highlight one of our podcasters that we have on Intentional Talk Radio uh, Network. Dr. Corliss Bennett. Now, her show comes on a few hours after mine um, this evening, and uh, it's called Mindful Mondays with Dr. Corliss Bennett. She has an array of topics that she talks about, but a lot of it deals with the mindfulness of you as a person and being mindful in your life. And of course, everybody knows that my moniker is Health and Wealth is the Future by people. And who are my people? You listening to the sound of my voice right now. And Dr. Corliss Bennett, she has an incredible show. It comes on at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, which would be 7 Central, 8 Eastern. So make sure you tune in to that. It's another one of the great podcasters that we have on our station. Dr. Corliss Bennett, Mindful Mondays, comes on right after my show. Boom. So make sure you listen to ITRN uh, Radio after my show and throughout the day because we always have a podcast going. We always have some music going. We always have, you know, uh, our archive messages that are in there as well so support this black owned company this black owned um you know radio network um, as we continue to grow and go globally you know as we continue to um build up and grow oh my apologies it's 4 p.m pacific time okay which would be 6 p.m central 7 p.m eastern okay so my apologies. I thought it was at five. That's what I put in my notes. I was wrong. Yes, it is a man admitting he was wrong on the air, recorded for everybody to hear for years and years and years to come. So, um, and all right. So another correction. So I was right. <laughs> that started at 5 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Easter. So make sure you tune in to Mindful Mondays with Dr. Corliss Bennett. Uh, It's an incredible show. Hopefully I'll get some time to bring her up on my show and be a guest, not be a guest on her show. So we can learn a little bit more about that. All right. So, so we have a great event that is happening. Saturday, October 1st, um, the Window International Network, uh, WIN. I thought that was one of the coolest names, even when I was reading who we were partnering with. 
company called Window International Network, when a nonprofit organization, um, they will be hosting an um, ITRN, don't forget this station right here, Intentional Talk Radio Network, will be hosting a telethon to raise money for food and educational materials with a Beverly Beverly Tucker and her team, they'll be traveling to the South Sudan October 18th through the 28th to take much-needed food and educational materials down there to um, the people in Sudan. Now, the goal is to raise $66,000 to support over 900 students and 60 teachers in Juba, South Sudan, for three months. The goal of WIN is to educate 1 million South Sudanese in the near future. Now, this telethon will be from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time, so PT time, West Coast time in the United States. So make sure you know that so you'll know the time frames. 3 p.m. Pacific, what is that, 4 Mountain, uh, 5 Central, 6 Eastern, okay? 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific. And um, the goal is to raise $66,000 that will make a substantial impact on the lives of the recipients with our generosity and giving. I'm a giver. Everybody that most listen to the show are givers. Uh, they can really use the support. So if you have a moment on Saturday, October 1st, please listen in to the live stream. Join the Zoom call. See the telethon in action on YouTube on our Intentional Talk Radio Network channel. And be sure to tell your family and friends about it. Now, we want to make history with this thing. Okay? It's truly, truly, truly important. We want to make history being part of something bigger than us, being part of a team that's going to make a difference in the lives of a thousand people and have a, 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 a strong part in the journey to the South Sudan and be able to also give our thoughts, our prayers and financial partnership, you know, with it. So uh, on behalf of Intentional Talk Radio Network, this show, um, The Recipe with Chef Dre Blast, you know, we will be making a contribution you know, to this telethon as well to really help them, you know, build and and, and take care of that thing. So uh, they really, really need your support. You know, um, many of the, the Sudanese are persecuted Christians. So, you know, now that they have their independence, you know, they're not, no, they're no longer persecuted by their faith. And my church home, you know, Revelation, we just did something powerful a couple of months ago with one of our pastors that we partner with down there. Um, they live in some of those areas where they don't have cars and the pastors are walking 10, 15 miles to spread the gospel. And our, our goal as a church was to send them 101 bikes and we did, you know. And so um, and so, you know, the, the, the pastor there, he actually we flew him in, you know, the church here to present him with uh, with, with with that. So um, now he's now the, the, the pastors and the ministers, you know, they get to ride bikes you know, to their, their next preaching engagement or to their next evangelistic, you know, apostolic, you know, ministry as opposed to walking 10 to 15 miles, because, you know, that that's hours on end, you know, but they can ride a bike, you know, 15, 20 miles an hour and get there in an hour where it would normally take them, you know, three or four. So we're excited about that. So definitely partner with this, you know, telethon. Um, the South Sudan, you know, they they got a very low literacy rate. We want to help to increase that. They were involved in a 22-year civil war with, a, you know, part of ARAB. There was like, you know, two, two and a half million people killed, right? And, I mean, it's it, it, it's almost as, you know, some of us that, that don't necessarily watch the news and keep up with the news as often as we should. Notice that everything seems like it's going great, but then there's other parts of the world, other parts of the countries that are devastated 
you know, by, you know, by war and conflict, famine, etc. And these are things they talk about in the Bible, but we'll get into that in another show. So, you know, make sure you, the telethon, October 1st, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Not specific, you know, some of y'all be funny out there. Yeah, it's 3 p.m. specific time. No, Pacific, like the ocean, my friend. Till 7 p.m. October 1st. Make sure you tune in, man. We would greatly appreciate all the love and the support. Raising $66,000 to help out the South Sudan. All right. And with that being said, that's the end of the show. We thank you so much, uh, you know, for coming and listening. And, you know, and have a great day. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, but thank you for, you know, in, in, indulging me for these for these few minutes to to talk about some things that, you know, that I definitely, um, you know, care about and uh, wanted to share, you know, some of the great things that we're doing here on Intentional Talk, you know, radio. And so, so uh, to get into what I deal with a lot of different topics. Um, I, I recently just came back from New Jersey. I had an event there for my nonprofit, SOAR Hospitality and Travel, and SOAR means success over uh, over and above reality, hospitality and travel. And it was our second annual Rock the Block. And so with the Rock the Block event in Roselle, New Jersey, we we get the community together and, um, you know, pretty much have a, you know, a party uh, to celebrate, you know, the great things that SOAR is doing in the community. Um, we're we're getting registered in other states like Florida, Kentucky, and, of course, Texas, where I live. And uh, we're going to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak this and it's going to be recorded, you know, put the, put the prophetic anointing on it, right? We want this thing to be, you know, a national, if not a worldwide event, similar to National Night Out. You know, National Night Out, everybody... You know, everybody from everywhere, you know, all over our nation, you know, has has a night out, if you will. They may do an event, might be a movie, things like that. We won't rock the block, you know, to do the same thing. And I definitely know we're going to do Kentucky and Texas. And uh, second annual in Roselle, man, we got the mayor to come out. Uh, shout out to the mayor of Roselle. We got the president of the Board of Education. Shout out to her. Um, you know, it's slew of council, men and women that came out. Um, we presented them with awards. We had our scholars um, because with SOAR Hospitality and Travel, I've had Rosie on here. Rosie's the president uh, and was interviewed on here, you know, once before when I first started the podcast. And, you know, SOAR, we're, we're, we're helping underserved youth understand hospitality, travel, business, and entrepreneurship um, with real world, you know, teachers um, and real world uh, subject matter, subject matter experts to give these kids a real world look at what they're walking into you know these are teenagers that don't know what they want to do and one of the teenagers that came that got um, an award this past week her mom came and told us and said you know what because of your program it gave my daughter some direction and I was amazed you know um, she was a top scholar and she she got a financial stipend you know, for her excellence, but um, her being the top scholar, you know, she was a good student. She was on time. She was very dedicated, came all the time, but, you know, she just, 
you know, she just had this look on her face as if, you know, she, she was interested and she was thankful, but it was kind of like, eh, you know, I can take it and leave it. She turned out to be one of the best students, and the parents was like, you gave her so much direction, you know, and we were like, that's what we do this for, right? It's about the kids. It's about the youth. So, Rock the Block, nationwide event, you know, first Saturday or second Saturday in September is what I, I think I'm going to dub it, you know, make it a national holiday. But I'm excited. I got to go down to Roselle. Um, and, of course, you know, I'm doing my New Jersey tour, if you hadn't heard about this. And uh, anybody hears about this a year later, don't worry. It's going to be a yearly thing. But I'm going to be doing a nourishing bit called the Mindful Eating for the Beloved Community. I will be in Jersey City next on September 24th. And then I'll be in Glassboro, uh, New Jersey, on October 1st. Uh, we had a great event on September 10th in the Bronx. It was the same day as my Rock the Block, which is the only reason why I didn't go to that one. Uh, we had a great event in the Bronx at the Raymore Flanagan uh, a furniture place with uh, Chef Lanisa, Chef Tim Pitts, and uh, Chef Alex Askew, um, uh, the president of BCA Global. And, man, we had 200 to 300 people that came out from their neighborhoods and learned about new foods, learned how to cook different things, and uh, things from the pantry. And, you know, Chef Tim sent me the pictures bragging. You know, I was like, ah, you lucky I wasn't there. But it wasn't about a competition. It was about educating and, and feeding the people in the community, you know, uh, um, to understand mindful eating for the beloved community. So if you want to hear that information, you can go to my Facebook page. Just Google Andre Blasting Game. You'll find my Facebook, my YouTube. You'll find all those different things. Um, and it's a free event. So if you're in Southern Jersey, October 1st, or in Jersey City, September 24th, uh, come on out to those events completely free for anybody in the community. Um, you know, bring anybody family, uh, family geared entertainment. It's also geared towards seniors as well. So with that being said, uh, we're, we're going to get a little bit into today's topic. Okay. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this topic. I'm actually probably going to spend, I'm going to give it maybe about 10 good minutes. Okay. 10 good minutes. So everybody has probably heard recently in the news that uh, Queen Elizabeth has died. Right. And I have to admit and I'm going to all touch on this a little bit because I don't live in their country, but she seems to be a huge influence here in monarchies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there was a man that was arrested for heckling Prince Andrew during Queen Elizabeth's funeral. It seems to be kind of a, I wouldn't say a running joke, but I've been seeing all these little different things about there's not that many people really unhappy or broken up, especially her fellow countrymen and women, about her passing. Now, I'm not going to say that to everybody. Of course, you know, you never want to lose a loved one, whether the loved one is a is a tyrant. You know, I think about I think about things like, um, you know, it, this is going to get a little dark when I say this. But, you know, I think about like Jeffrey Dahmer and him being a, you know, a, a, a serial killer. You know, when he died. You know, his family still hurt, even though he did these bad things. That's why it's it's not the 
you know, um, you know, God don't look at the person, he looks at the principle, right? And so, you know, the principle loving, you know, he was a murderer, you know, he, he got convicted, he was in jail. You know, you just don't want to see your family die, whether especially if they die in, in a harsh manner. And so shout out to the royal family on losing their matriarch and queen, you know, uh, I'm in this. I know it's a difficult time. Anytime you lose a parent, I've lost both of mine. You know, I've been a, I've been an orphan, you know, for a couple of years now. So uh, I can understand somewhat. But on the flip side of that, you know, when you really think about 70 years in office, I believe that's about, about how long she was in office. Now, she had clergy and she had, they got prime ministers and they got a whole parliament and a board. So she, for, for a latter part of it, was more figureheadish, much like the president here in the United States who has to answer to the House and the Senate and the, 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 the judiciaries and everything that goes with that. I want some people to really think, what did she really accomplish do that was so monumental in her 70 years besides staying in office, avoiding most controversy, you know, not being caught up in too much foolishness, um, you know, accepting for a moment her Anglo grandson marrying a Malata woman, and for the people that don't know what a Malata is, is in in here in the states is mixed with black and white. So you know she's got a black parent and a white parent. But also in the United States, because she has a white parent and a black parent, the power of black people means she's black. Most people think it's because white people don't want to deal with it because she's mixed. So the counterpart's like, no, that's the power of being black. Okay, I want y'all to understand that. So when you got a mixed kid, and um, they're going to ethnically consider them to be black. And it doesn't matter whether it's the mama that's black or the father that's uh, uh, black. You got a black kid. So shout out to the white mamas out there that's raising black kids. I know it's tough. You know, I wish you the best. You know, I'm praying for you. But your child is black. So no matter how Anglo you are, you're going to have to understand and realize that your child is going to catch the same hell as a regular black kid. Okay. Maybe even more because they're mixed. So just be prepared for that. But back to the queen. Back to the queen. In her reign, born in 1926 in April. The first, she was born on the first day of spring. And then she died September 8th, four days ago. Right? What did the queen really contribute to her nation besides being a figurehead? Right? So, most of the stuff that I've been hearing, like I said, this is not a, a research. This is just most of the stuff that I've that I've that I've heard, especially some of the interviews that I've seen here lately with some of her countrymen. This is like, all right, Queen is dead. Whoop de do, right? They care less about her passing and more about overthrowing this monarchy. And it's been seen with the countries that have seceded from Great Britain and seceded from British rule and seceded from the English and all the areas that she touches, right? But what has she really done? 
Now, here's some of the list of the things that she contributed to 100 charities. It's like the I Googled this just to find out what actually comes up, right? Uh-oh. Hold on. Kiana, can you hear me now? Uh-oh. Why we have no volume? My apologies, good people. I don't know what happened. Everything shows that it's connected. My microphone is good. I don't know what changed. No, I didn't. <laughs> That's a good question. You know, my 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 production, my production girl Kiana, she's like, Did you move? No, I've been sitting in the same spot this whole time. Am I still far away or barely? It's coming back. I don't know what I don't know what's going on. It's probably time for me to uh uh get up in the studio and just get a formal studio and start filming this and doing like the big production companies. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm, I guess what I'm going to do. I'm just getting there, get the mic and get the cameras and, you know, make this podcast live on YouTube and goes, goes that way. Okay, good. I'm glad that that sounds better. That's perfect. So, uh, some of the accomplishments, some of the accomplishments of, the queen as listed in nine news.com. Uh, <laughs> Her majesty served as the Royal patron or president of more than 600 charities, military associations, even though she never was in the military, professional bodies and public service organizations around the UK and the Commonwealth included, including the soldiers charity mother's union, the British diabetic association and cruise bereavement care. All right. What has she done for the country? It's like when you Google what Queen Elizabeth has done, that's what comes up. Then that's right. A little odd to you. It did to me because I'm like, all right, you talk about her charity service, military association. What does she do for the country? She's supposed to be the president or the equivalent to the president. She's the queen of all these people. And the first thing that comes up of her contributions to society was those, right? So I'm I'm going to go down a little bit further. Like I said, I just Googled this myself. Um, this is like live in action type things, right? And uh, yeah, I'm going to put this out here and then they're probably listening to it. I think she has something to do with Princess Diana's death, but I don't get involved with that. I'm going to let that one go. I think she didn't want that girl to be president. I mean, she didn't want that girl to be queen. Uh, next to the, next to the uh, soon to be king. But anyway, that's just my personal opinion. You know, none of my views or opinions reflect that of Intentional Talk Radio Network. And if the FBI is listening, I said it. Come for me. I am here. Right. I don't need to give you my address because you can find it. But anyway, just having a little fun today. So, uh, uh some of her other achievements. And they said, what does this say? She was a record making monarch right that was the next big thing that was said when you think about your leadership and your presidents and things of that nature we don't necessarily always just think about their civil service and what they did you know in and for the community we actually think about you know laws that were enacted or things that they create to move it forward they just talk about what she did in the community right I will say this, the woman knew how to dress. She knew how to dress like the church grandmother. You know, I'll give her that. 
And uh, this is not speaking ill of the dead. So anybody that thinks thinks that I am, you know, uh, you can stop listening. It's okay because it's not. But she broke a record. She's been the longest monarch ever, 70 years. But what significant changes did she make in these 70 years, right? You would think a woman with that kind of power, you know, racism wouldn't be an issue in the UK. And they face, they face it almost as bad as we do here in the United States, right? But a lot of people also forget that most of the people in the United States, their heritage came from that country. Now, not during the time when she was reigning, but her father's father was reigning over there, right? Uh, the British are coming. The British are coming. You know, you hear about that. They're trying to invade America. Well, most of those Anglo-Saxon that came over here, the ones that we know and love, like George Washington and and uh, who else was back during that time? Thomas Jefferson and all them guys that came before that. I mean, they lived over there. They didn't live over here. And they wanted to get away from that, right? So I just want you to put that in perspective when you think about her being queen in the monarchy that's been happening in the UK. A lot of the Anglo-Saxons, the counterparts, the white people that came from overseas was fleeing the tyranny that was happening over there and came here to the United States and actually incorporated exactly what they learned from them. Think about it. When they came over here, it wasn't their land. They tried to make a deal, alleged. The other parties, the Native Americans, the Indians, did not accept the deal. Then it turned into a war. And at that time, you know, the, 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 the Anglos had a lot more firepower. They had a lot more juice behind them, had a lot more people willing to come over and fight if you will, to take over a country that didn't belong to them to say that I found it. One of the dumbest things I read when I was a kid, I said, how do you discover a land that was already there, like Christopher Columbus? I'm like, well, why would you want to publicize that? It's almost like, you know, publicizing uh, <laughs> uh, 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 the fact we found out we were free from slavery two years later. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me, but maybe I'm just too much of a realist. But you got Christopher Columbus talking about you discovered America, but then the storybooks talk about how the the, you know, the, the, the Anglo-Saxon men came over here and, you know, tore up the, the Native Americans, tore them down to the point where they had to make treaties to not kill them all and, and, and give them reservations, right? Last time I checked, when you get a reservation, it has an expiration date once you're done. Once you arrive for the reservation and you fulfill it, that spot gets taken away and it gets put back in. And they gave the they gave people who already lived here reservations and had them protected from a lot of income tax, great education, all the great things that they gave them, but they took over and stole their country. Queen Elizabeth took over a monarch that had been in play for so many years. But think about the the countries that they went into that succeeded from Queen Elizabeth, right? And everybody wants to paint her as this great, you know, this 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 great woman. And I'm not saying she's she's not. I don't know her personally, or didn't know her personally. But they only have 15 uh, uh, remaining Commonwealths, right? So they have Antigua and Bar Barbuda, 
which I think they're succeeding from them uh, as we speak. I believe they're in a war to do that. I have to look that one up. But um, Australia, the Bahamas, Belize, Belize. Think about Belize. What if anybody's ever been Belize? What few people are in Belize? But they're under the monarchy of Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, Canada, Grenada, Jamaica, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, Saint Kitts, Nevis, Saint Lucia, Saint Vincent, and the Grenadines, Solomon Islands, Tavula, and the United Kingdom. These are all places that she ruled. Now, if you look at a map, if you take a look at a map, you'll notice that these places that she ruled is all over the globe. South America, Africa, Southern Asia, all of Australia, all of Canada, and she governs it, or she did govern it, um, under her rule. But what did she do for them? Jamaica's still one of the poorest countries that are out there. You know, Belize been under military coverage for as long as I can remember. What did she do to really help these people? Right? What did she really do to take it to the next in 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 her overseership? Yes, I made that word up. I don't think it's a real word. What did she really do? Because from what I'm hearing is she did similar to what the the forefathers here in the United States did was claim it to be theirs and basically enslave the people. So what say you? What have you known Queen Elizabeth to be? Because it, it seems like, you know, it's a big thing. A lot of people, a lot of black people in this country, you know, they see Queen Elizabeth and they're like, oh my God, it's the queen. She's been on the throne for so long and get fascinated with the whole, you know, knights and, 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 and kings and queens. And it turns into a whole, you know, beautiful, you know, love fest. Oh my God. I, I wonder what it would be like in medieval times and things like that. Right. We're not even that far from medieval times, but you understand what I mean, right? What has she done? What significant changes has she done besides 70 years in office? <laughs> I knew I, I knew Kiana wasn't going to be able to be quiet. She's just not going to come off on air. I'm going to read what she said for me because I knew she was going to say it. I think she was waiting on me to say it, but it's been 30 minutes into the show. Her contributions, reduction of life on earth, perpetual centuries-long terror for those who didn't die. The woman ruled with an iron fist. She was, she was what I call the velvet hammer in her approach. And the velvet hammer, um, it's something that we use in sales when you're trying to close a deal. You know, you give two great things. It's like a fluff, right? That's the velvet. And then at the end, you give them the hammer. You hit them with the hard clothes. So you might fluff them and say, oh, my God, you know, you, you know, you've been so patient in listening to this. Oh, man, we thank you so much for this. But boom, this is why you need this. And you hit them. She had a velvet hammer approach because you didn't hear a lot in the news about um, the tyranny that she actually did. So. It's it's interesting 
that her own country people, when being interviewed, there's not a lot of them that are saying good things about her. You know, and it's kind of disappointing. Nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to die alone, but nobody wants to die alone in the limelight, but people don't have anything good to say about you. You know, at least I don't. Let me let me say that. And I'm gonna speak for myself. I don't want to become an old man, do all these great things in life, and my people just don't have anything good to say about me when I die. You know, <laughs> that there's more bad than good. I mean, because everybody is a hero or a villain in everybody else's story. That's just the fact of life. You know, one story I'm a hero, another story I'm a villain. You know, I've I've I've, I've had my 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 time in my days, but nothing really good is being said about her by her own people, right? So. There were a host of countries in the 70s that left the Commonwealth because of the Queen being head of state. Um, and and in the 70s, I don't know if anybody, you know, anybody that was in the 50s, 60s, and 70s and got that news that was coming over here, especially during the time of dealing with civil rights here in the United States, you know, countries like the Dominica, Guyana, Trinidad, and Tobago, you know, they said that it, 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 it's the time has come. Make sure I paraphrase this right. Oh, Jesus. The time has come fully to leave our colonial past behind. Okay. Kiana talks often on this show about colonization. Shout out to Kiana. Because I always love it when she when she when, when she brings that, that that colonization piece. If in the seventies these countries were talking about it's time to move away from the colonial past, right? This is in the seventies. This was forty years ago now. Hard to believe, but actually it's like fifty years ago now. Nineteen seventy to two thousand is thirty years. Twenty two. Wow, fifty two years. So. A while ago, they were talking about it's time to leave the colonial times, but we still have this monarchy that's in place. We still have the king, um, you know, the new king. What is it? King Philip, I think it took her, took her place, her son. Um, you know, it's still in place and their tyranny is going to continue. And why are they able to do that? The same reason why the United States runs the way it is because the top 1% or 10% of the wealthy, you know, are majority white men in power. And they make the decisions and rule. Now, I'm not saying that they're all bad and I'm not bashing them. And this is not a racist rant, right? It's a truth rant. And not only do they control the top 10% of wealth, 1% of wealth here in the United States and make 90% of the decisions for the other 90% of us that aren't in the top 1%. Based on those 15 countries that I just told you that is ruled by, you know, the former queen and now King Philip. They're kings and queens. So they're in the top 1% to 10% of wealth earners, generational wealth, old money in the world. And they control Canada and Australia and parts of South America, parts of Africa, parts of the Caribbean islands, 
parts of Southern Asia. Then they've got the UK. I can understand why people would say the tyranny needs to stop. The colonialism needs to stop because for ages in history, the ones that have the money at the top make the decisions for all the people underneath. And they give us the illusion of power by, you know, it's the people can vote and you have a voice and you can do these things. And, you know, you should exercise that, especially if you feel that that is something that they're really giving, something that they're really being true about right but it's all a facade see I want to teach my people you know to be healthy in their spirit healthy in their body and healthy in their mind not just with the food yes I'm a chef see the wealth that I talk about goes way beyond money it goes into the spirit and the character of the person the people that listen to this show and we really have to understand some of the people that are leaders you know, that, that do incredible things, you know, they make mistakes too, but because of some of their positions, people don't hold them accountable and they don't hold them accountable because the people that have that same power are doing the same things right next to them. Keanu, I see you put your hand up. Talk to me. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, a couple of different things. Um, the the thing that humans are not meant to rule anything. And I, I say that based on observation. And it doesn't look like it ever actually works. Um, it looks like it's self-serving for the rulers. And so these people, this British monarchy, they were ruling for themselves. I don't even know if they care whether or not anybody likes them. I think they only care that you fall in line when you are around them. You fall in line and just do what you're told to do and behave the way you're supposed to behave if you happen to be in the vicinity of anybody related to that family. There's really no need for them. They don't need you. They don't need a relationship or any any elements of a relationship. I think they just need you to be their subjects. That's pretty much the only way that they really see other people there there's a narcissistic sociopathy kind of uh, way that a person would have to exist in order to think that they can and or should rule another person and the only way that a person can rule you is if they subdue and hold hostage your own humanity so you're not allowed to live freely as designed by nature you instead have to abandon your natural course in life and align yourself with this person. Whatever it is, they decide. That's what you have to do. Otherwise, your life will be taken from you by them. So, you know, in terms of what her contribution or anybody else's contribution, I don't even think it's called a contribution I don't know that Satan contributes to anything, quite frankly. And if you're an entity that needs to hold someone's humanity hostage for your own personal egomaniacal masturbation, then you're not, you, you should absolutely be considered Satan. Because what other entity does that? Nothing else. So, you know, um, I don't know that there is anything nice that could be said about it. 
You know, I, I just like I don't think there's anything nice that one could say about Mussolini or the Manson family. And I'm sure Mussolini probably gave his wife flowers at some point. You know, you can't. I, I, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, he one being a nice person or smiling, you know, or, or a kind gesture does not that it means nothing for your overall personhood and the way you exist. So I, I think mm-hmm. that um, there's a reason why globally that entire family is, you know, people either, I, I feel like most people can't stand them and rightfully so who would like for what, <laughs> what is there to like, what exactly is there to like, you know? So right. I'm not, I'm not with it. And I, I don't, with her being dead and gone. And quite frankly, I think somebody leaked. I think she's been dead since earlier this year. Because somebody leaked saying the queen died. The queen died for like a day. That came out that she was dead. And I think it was like in January or February, somewhere earlier this year. You know what? I remember hearing something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, 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 no. It was like a joke. And then, you know, all of a sudden she has COVID. And, but I thought it was really interesting that while, you know, after after all of that talk about her being dead, earlier this year and 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 again that only happened for like a day and not even a full day but i thought it was really interesting that they started reorganizing you know are talking about the reorganization of you know the the family who all is gonna fall into what line and i'm like either she actually is dead or or y'all about to kill the woman what 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 are we talking because who actually (laughs) starts reorganizing before the person dies you know (laughs) <laughs> right. Unless she's either dead, you expect her to be dead any minute now, or you're gonna kill her. But you know, you I, know I, but I don't um, know. Them people do some shady. I'm mess. not even. Hey, I'm not even gonna talk about the conspiracy theory part. That's actually what I was gonna talk about in the show. I was gonna start off with, you know what? I think they killed that woman. I don't think she. I think. <laughs> I, I think. You know, I think they were just like, you know what? We're tired of you. Ninety six years. It, it, it's time for you to move around because. Your successor is like 70. So, uh, and you know, men's life expectancy isn't as long. Let's get back down to these younger people so we can change some things. That was just my first thought. <laughs> and and I said it fleetingly in my mind while I was traveling. And then I got to thinking more about it. I said, you know what? They do this kind of stuff, you know, when you watch those shows, right? Like Bridgerton is a nice version of the colonial times. But, you know, you watch some of these shows and you'll have those sons You'll have those sons that have killed their father, like poison them or something like that. Yeah. So, cause they know they're going to be succession. They don't have autopsies like, you know, like we do now where we right. can find that it was foul play. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh but back then, you know, we eyes. see those movies all the time. You know, they, they, they kill their fathers or they kill their parents so they can take over the rule. And even though she's been in, in, in that seat for 70 years, you know, I think there was some, once again, personal reflection of what I say. I think there were some things that really, that they really wanted to change about the queen. And I personally think it started when the queen accepted, um, why can't I think of her name now? Not Catherine. Um, uh, Henry married her, the black lady. Megan? Megan, thank you. You know, at first she didn't accept her, and then she did accept her. And it was a quiet uproar in the family, which is why he took his wife and said, you know what? I don't want to be a prince. Y'all can have it. I don't want to be a duke. I don't want to be any of these titles because 
everything y'all lie to everybody about. Totally different right now. Because I want to marry somebody that's not of the royal blood. I want to marry somebody that's outside. And this is supposed to be, you know, a family that, 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 that grows together, a family that stays together and all those different things. And you basically threw me and my kids out the pasture. Now that she's dead, I read a story that now his kids are now prince and princess. They actually have official titles now. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was like, wow. So all this time they try to pump this to that pump this woman up, um, you know, for everything that she done, but you know, she accepted and then shunned him all at the same time. And I'm not going to say whether I'm happy or sad about her. I'm indifferent. I didn't know the woman personally. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't, my sympathy goes out to the family because I know what it's like to lose a parent, whether you got a great parent or a terrible parent, right? You lose a parent, you know, it's, it's painful, right? But I can't really sit here and just be like, Queen Elizabeth was, 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 was like Mother Teresa, you know, and, or, or, or like a Gandhi or even MLK, you know, and these are just some of the more notable names that are out there of people, you know, it's like, all you did was rule for 70 years. What significant change did you make in your country and your country men and women that make them want to, you know, continue with this monarch? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, she, that there's an uproar to overthrow their monarchy. That has been, uh, in conversation and that's been mentioned and talked about. And even when I lived in England, there were people that could not Damn those people. I mean, oh, if there was a hatred that had a ism attached to a word for the kind of hatred they had that had the word ism in it, like there's racism, that ought yeah. to be a real word because there's some people out there whose faces turn red at the very thought of that whole that whole grouping of people, that whole family. It's just it's just terrible though, and that's part of what that whole regime is about. So it you know it's. I have no feelings associated with her being dead or, or, or what it doesn't matter. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing. So, okay. So I forgot that you lived over there for a period of time. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Since, since you did, um, in, in what was your feeling of the country as a whole? You're a black woman in England. You're a black woman from America. You weren't even born over there as a black woman. You're a black woman from America and you lived there. Yeah. What was it what was it like under that that monarchy? Well, uh interestingly enough, for one thing, um I saw that before I saw a racial difference for sure. Um it's it's odd to say, but it was it was true racism was uh, uh, significantly less visceral there than it is here, oddly enough. Um, but the other thing is that y- I, you didn't, I didn't really get a, hmm, I didn't really get an on the ground everyday sense of a monarchy. I just knew they were there. Um, ah, okay. But, but um, 
I, I, I went on a few tours to get a sense of the broader, the, the broader parts of the country where I, I was living in Bath. And so I wanted to get a sense of, you know, some of the other areas, more of the history. And I, I did notice that every single portion of history for England had everything to do with war. Every single their entire history is nothing but war. Who conquered who? This ruler conquered blah blah blah. This war, this that. I mean, they had more dungeons than blades of grass. They have more artillery than skin cells for the whole damn country of people. Like it it is just it is a bloodlust when you really do get some history and you let them tell their own history. That's key. It is really uh, foul, in my opinion. And I did ask one of the uh, tour guides, who's a, he's, he's a Brit, he's from there. Um, but I did ask him, hey, why is your entire <laughs> history only a war? Is there, did anything interesting happen? Did you have, do you have any cultural anything? I think he's probably still cussing me out. He was so hot. He was, I mean, red, beat red in the face, pissed, because I questioned their history. Because for the last several thousand years, it's been nothing, nothing, nothing but war. So, and um, I, I think uh, the British people are tired of it. There's always a, a battle between um the british considering them some british considering themselves european others can are, are like we're not european there's also the conflict between the brits and uh the people of northern ireland um southern ireland uh, scottish the welsh um there's just so much conflict for, about identity and location and reason for existence in that that cluster in that small space. England is a is a very small place um, compared to the size of other countries and continents. Continents, um, right? But, uh, it, it's just there's just so much conflict, and I I guess that's really what I got from it. The food was was awful, of course. Um, I just, you know, it was, <laughs> some of the countrysides were beautiful. It, it just absolutely gorgeous, but then pops up, you know, some sort of, a, a historical relic of rock formations that were destroyed in a, in a war. So it's a really, it's a microcosm of what they've done to the rest of the world. I, I have to say it really is, um, and and you go to London and London is London is like another large city. I've never been to New York, but interestingly enough, everyone says London is just another New York. So, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it does make sense. You ever seen the You ever seen the movie Kings of New York? No. With Leonardo DiCaprio? No, I haven't seen that. Okay, so if you go watch that, everything that you just said confirmed the way they put that movie together, the, the building of York, right, mm, before yeah. it became New York, mm -hmm, right? Yep. And all they did was, was all those guys from the countries that you mentioned, England, North, Northern Ireland, you know, all the the, uh, the immigrants, mm -hmm. right? 
They came over from that war-torn country. They brought it over here. Yeah. Yeah, they right? did. Right? Yeah. That's all they did. And in the movie Kings of New York, there were they, they talk about how the boroughs were formed. Mm-hmm. Because boroughs is not an American, you know, term mm-hmm. per se. Uh, mm-hmm. With the America we know now. You know, they came from, you know, uh, overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, having parishes mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Yeah. That was all That was all adopted from British rule. Yeah. And a lot of people forget that, that most of the American lineage of the, the Anglos and the white people here come from British rule. That's correct. Right? And most people are just like, they don't even think about it that way. But that's why we had civil war here. Because guess what? They came from civil war. Most of those people left that country to get away from, um, um, what was that king's name? Patholomy or something like that. I don't remember uh, the name, but yeah, they were. And But yeah. some of them were also fleeing. Um, they, some of them were exiled to this land. They were prisoners that were exiled. Yes. And others fled so they were fugitives that fled they were prisoners but some they they were able to flee england and um some of them some of them fled the war itself like you know dropped out of the military and came here so it went awol yeah yeah people didn't just from england people didn't just you know hmm, i think i'll go see what this this new place that's getting ready to be called america i'll see what that's about hmm let's get let's pack up let's pack up the kids and see what there wasn't none of that these people right. came over here under the worst of conditions, and they themselves were not seemingly good people because look what they did when they got here. You know, exactly. So, exactly. If you ever get a chance, you should watch Kings of New York. Yeah, I'm a because it's it's Leonardo DiCaprio is the leader of the uh, the rabbits, mm-hmm. right? They all had gang names, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, and, and it's funny because if you look it up historically, some of the names that are in the movie are actually in the historical text, going all the way back to uh, Great Britain and the UK, et cetera, et cetera. Mm, yeah. But, um, but basically, you know, it, it is a depiction of how the five boroughs were built, how it was divided among all these men that came from overseas that were all fighting for Times Square. Yeah. It wasn't Times Square at that time. Yeah. But they were fighting for that because that was the central nucleus for trade. You know, it was the central nucleus for, uh, you know, getting getting slaves and getting money and tea coming in from overseas mm-hmm. and exports, imports. So they were all fighting for their centralized location to be the top of the hill. And basically, you know, they divided off each one of them and everybody had their their leader or mayor, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, that, that, that led them. And all it was was a depiction of what was happening. And I never put it together until you said that about England. When you, when you went to visit, all they talked about was war. When I watched the movie, I was like, yeah, that does explain why we do all this fighting over here. Because right. it, it, it started off that way, you know? Correct. Uh, I mean, that's what they did to the Native Americans. But then as we became more civilized, quote unquote, because this is the time when the industrial age is coming in, right? Um, you know, steamboats, um, you know, up there, things like that. So it's not as uh, foresty, for for lack of a better term off the top of my head. It's, it's, it's not as woodsy and open like the Native Americans living in wigwams and teepees, right? These are, these are people that are building brick houses and buildings and, you know, all this stuff in – you know, and then introducing slavery as well, and you had a lot of immigrants coming over. And 
it was like, wow, all of them didn't speak American English. They spoke the English from overseas. English, English, yes. Yes. And so because they didn't want to speak English, English, they were so hell-bent on not being like them or Mm -hmm. even like the Brits. That's why we have a crazy American English language now because they didn't want to be like that. You know, More we don't want to talk like them. Yeah, we don't want to talk like them. We don't want to be like them. But I'm like, there's only like like 25% of the words that you don't use the same as them. And, you know, stuff like, you know, we say bathroom and they say the loop. I mean, come on. I mean, like, we all, all we did was give it a different definition. It's still a, it, it's still a place where you can go, you know, use the bathroom. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> and, and they wanted so much not to be like them that they, that they broke off from it and you explaining that about war it just solidified for me um you know my 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 thought of the rule that you know queen elizabeth had you know it was built in you know with an iron fist or a velvet hammer you know because she was a she was a woman she didn't she wasn't in a lot of controversy per se well you know like our presidents like our presidents are you know bill clinton you know if you remember Bill Clinton in the nineties, him and Monica Lewinsky, oh my God, you know that was all over the world. You know he cheated on his wife, he smokes weed, he plays the saxophone, he's damn near black, you well, know. And and I would hear some of my friends that were from overseas that I met in college would be like, man, y'all had a cool black president. I'm like, who? <laughs> like, no, William is white from Arkansas. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. He might have had some tendencies that hood guys associate themselves with, you know, because he played jazz and he smoked weed. And, but no, no. The other thing, but, too, though, is the the perception of the people of the monarchy is very, very, very tightly maintained. They don't play those games. Um, here's a prime example. Uh, I worked for the mayor of the city that I lived in. So I worked for the mayor of Bath. And we, we had a lot of ceremonies, and during one of the ceremonies, it was the open, opening of an Eastern Asian museum in the city of Bath. We had a sister city. Um, I can't remember. We several, actually, sister cities. And so uh, the king's, or I'm sorry, the, the queen's nephew was there. I think a nephew or cousin, a cousin, I think, or something like that. Anyway, his name is Prince Michael of Kent. He okay. was there. And he was literally sort of just a figurehead. The the mayor, she was the one who did all the talking, but he was there kind of almost as an accessory. So uh, myself, the mayor, uh, Prince Michael of Kent, and the mayor's assistant, Edward, the four of us were the main ones who were kind of in a little bit of a square. We were the only ones who had to sort of maintain our distance from everybody else and the job of uh, myself and Edward was to kind of have the back of the mayor the mayor she was her job was to basically be the 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 have the back of the prince so it's it's there there are these levels of superiority that exist and there, there's so many protocols and so much ceremony around existing around these people, the this this family. Prince Michael of Kent 
said one from word. the house of Windsor. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said a single <laughs> word to me, hello, hi, or something, hi, or something. That was it. You didn't hear his voice ever again. All he wow. did was stand around. He looked. Uh, he. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I think he gave like a thirty-second speech or something. I think. But basically, these people maintain silence because that you're not supposed to figure them out because if you figure out who they are then you get to make fun of them and if you make fun of them other people get to make fun of them you're going to be making fun of the monarch but if they don't give you any ammunition you have nothing to make fun of other than just what you see the the queen wearing solid colors that's all you got so they maintain an extremely tight persona and you don't mess with it you will, you can well at least long ago you could suffer extreme punishment and all the way up to death for mocking the monarchy so this is something that is long standing generations long it, it they this is just how they exist so like i this, the the prince was as stoic as a brick wall there was just you know it, you wonder if there's even a pulse sometimes but you know that's how they maintain their superiority they it's only a perception that they give you that you don't have any other ammunition in order to change it so it's it's just you know it's nothing but perception these people take dumps like the rest of us but but you know even in the uh, caribbean the thought was you know in in some areas of the caribbean the thought was that you know they don't even they don't use the bathroom. You know they don't they don't do these things because <laughs> like they're not human. They're aliens. Yeah, like as if as if to say that they really are somehow superior. As if as if having to use the restroom makes you inferior. You know what I mean? So there's just some really bizarre. That's what I mean by humanity being hijacked because it is the most normal thing if you're a planetary creature to have to go potty. But yet, you know, they're living here on this planet and pretending like they're anything but. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a bunch of crock. And, you know, some people get sucked up in the ideology behind it and, you know, all of the, 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 some people kind of like they do celebrities here, get sucked up in the idea of celebrityhood. And it's all garbage. It's straight up trash. But, you know, when people need something superficial to grab onto, that's what they do. So... You know what? We're going to continue this next week. I'm putting this down in my notes. Because I forgot, I totally forgot you lived in England. I'm like, you know what? Yeah. We're going to dive some more into this. I was going to spend 10 minutes on it. We talked for an hour. So. <laughs> I guess so. Well, to my good people out there, thank you so much for joining in uh, uh, today. Next week, we will continue this talk about the contributions of the queen and the monarchy. How do you feel about it? Uh, Kiana, yes. You will be talking a little bit more on the next show since you live there, but just excited uh, uh, to be here and thank you guys so much this has been the recipe menu monday with chef dre blast don't forget about october 1st the telethon that i talked about in the beginning and listen to all the other podcasters on this wonderful station itrn radio network.com i love you be kind to somebody today and have an incredible incredible week